Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the fifth day of December, 2014. And today we are reading from the big book. We're in the chapter, There is a Solution. We are on page 19. We will be beginning with the second paragraph that starts, If We Keep... And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Anita L., the 12 Traditions, Nancy S., um, and then Alice M., Sylvia F., and Sarah W. And our share ID for Thursday, yesterday, the fourth day of December, is 7084, 7084, OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 steps, please. Good morning, everybody. It's Anita L. from Philadelphia. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you. Thank you, Anita L. And I will now ask Nancy S. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Monica, and good morning, everybody. Um, this is Nancy S. from Wisconsin, the 12 traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a request, is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards for committees directly responsible for those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read and we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And one more note, and this is a big one for me, that I need to give you my last initial with my first name. I am Monica T., and if everyone could do that, it helps for identification. Thank you. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution. We are on page 19. We are beginning with the second paragraph. If we keep on, and we're going to do two paragraphs, and I'm going to ask Alice M. if she would read for us, please. Good morning. Thank you. This is Alice M. If we keep on the way we are going, there is little doubt that much good will result, but the surface of the problem could hardly be scratched. Those of us who live in large cities are overcome by the reflection that close by hundreds are dropping into oblivion 
every day. Many could recover if they had the opportunity we have enjoyed. How then shall we present that which has been so freely given us? We have concluded to publish an anonymous volume setting forth the problem as we see it. We shall bring to the task our combined experience and knowledge. This should suggest a useful program for anyone concerned with a drinking problem. And uh, those paragraphs are are pretty loaded um, for me this morning. Uh, you know, there's you don't have to live in a large city today um, to be overcome by you know the hundreds or the millions dropping into oblivion. You know, we have TV programs. Um, there's there's just walking behind people on the street. It's just all over the place. And I have to be careful also to to um, to define everyone that I see as a compulsive overeater because some people are not. Some people do not have the the obsession of the mind that I do around food. So how then shall we present that which has been so freely given us? And I um I just have been given a, such a clear message through this meeting that I first have to have the message. You know, I first have to have it myself. We have to have it ourselves in order to pass it on. Um, and because we all carry, we all have a message. You know, we're all carrying some message. And I so want mine to be a message of recovery and hope. And I also um, recently really know that, um, you know, how shall I present this this message? And I need to keep in mind, um, forefront in my mind, to carry it with love and tolerance and inclusiveness. Um, you know, there's a, I think it's on page 84 where it says love and tolerance is our code. And to really present this in in a pure way around the principles and not in a way that tells um, people they have to do this, they have to do that. Um, it is suggested in the, next, in the next section, you know, the next paragraph says this should suggest a useful program. Um, that word suggest, I've really been um, looking at that a lot lately and you know, it doesn't, it, it's not, you have to know that it was, it is not, the only requirement is a desire to stop eating, desire to stop drinking. And um, we don't, you know, it's me sharing my experience, strength, and hope. And I'm just newly recovered. I'm really just in the beginning of this, living these principles and really practicing them. And I think that, you know, the best way that I can present this message is by living these principles, demonstrating these principles. I can talk up a good a good talk, um, but if I'm not if I'm not walking that walk um, and being tolerant and um, loving in the way my message is delivered, then um, I'm not delivering a message that would have appealed to me. Um, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Alice M. And who would like to comment on these paragraphs? Kim. Kim. Larry. Larry. Okay, Kim and Larry. Kim, you're up. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. How then shall we present that which has been so freely given to us? We have concluded to publish an anonymous volume setting forth the problem as we see it. That, to me, just stresses the fact how important it is that we must understand our problem. You know, my experience in that way is any time a newcomer came into the room and most a lot of newcomer meetings were based on going to the chapter, how it works, and starting from there. 
and you can see how rich this material is that we're going through. So I just want to, what is the problem as we see it? How is that presented in this book? Just to go back to the table of contents, what did we do? The doctor's opinion gave us this medical diagnosis. You know, we have a two-fold illness. We have an allergy to the body, which means when we ingest certain substances, our body has a biological mandate for more and more. That's never going to change. That's my permanent disability. And I have the obsession of the mind, which even when I put the food down, I have this mental twist that tells me, come on, you're making too big a deal out of this. Come on, you lost 10 pounds. It's been 20 minutes. It's been two months. And that dual diagnosis, that dual symptoms is what creates a, a compulsive overeater. And if we don't understand that, there's going to be no urgency to go through the steps. And then we go, well, what does that look like in a human being? You know, Bill's story shows us, what does that look like in a human being? You know, I, I tell people, ask yourself the question, did you, do you think like that, did you eat like that, and did you feel like that? Those are the questions. Do we identify in as having this illness? And then this chapter, there is a solution. A lot of it's about the problem. You know, as Alice said, not everyone that's heavy is a compulsive overeater. We're going to learn in this book about the moderate eater, the heavy eater, and the true compulsive overeater. If we are not the true compulsive overeater, we may not need to do these steps. But if we understand that we have the obsession of the mind, we have the allergy of the body, my experience is you're going to be forced to do these steps or die in the disease. And then we get into the chapter more about alcoholism. That is all about the ism of our alcoholism. If, if food and weight is purely my problem, which is what I thought it was, then abstinence is the answer. And more about alcoholism is going to teach us about what it's like to live life abstinent. Because when I'm abstinent, I am restless, I am irritable, and I am discontent. I am so uncomfortable with my only, own skin that the only solution I've ever had is to pick up. So more about alcoholism isn't stories about people who are, who are drunk and can't stop drinking. More about alcoholism is, is people who are sober and make the decision to pick up. So I don't come to Overeaters Anonymous because of the allergy. I come to Overeaters Anonymous because of the obsession of the mind. And the only way that I have found that has been relieved is by working these 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Larry Kay, you're up. Thanks, Monica. Thanks for your service. Larry Kay, recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. Um, yeah, good, good stuff uh, that we shared. You know, the, you know, it speaks to the message, and it speaks to the, the uh, to me, to the dangerousness of this disease. This disease is a killing disease. I've seen people die from this disease. Um, not only from compulsive overeating, of course, that's not going to be what they put on your death certificate. Um, in fact, I don't believe they've ever put that on someone's death certificate. You know, it's something else. Um, but this disease will kill just as surely as uh, alcoholism, um, you know, drug addiction, heroin, people are dropping off. And uh, we're surrounded, absolutely. But, you know, what, what type of message do I carry today? It's a little different than the message I used to carry, you know, because the message that I received was to deal with, as Kim mentioned, you know, the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind, understanding my problem. See, I didn't understand my problem. That's not what was conveyed to me. What was conveyed to me was, you know, was we have these tools. 
and I'm not knocking the tools. I'm using one right now. You're all using one right now, right? We're on the telephone. But I was told, you know, work these tools, keep coming back. You'll die if you keep coming back. No, it works if you work it, something like that, right? You know, wait for the miracle to happen. And it never happened for me. It never happened for me. And I do understand the premise there that, look, if you're not coming back, you're not going to learn. But what are we learning? That's the thing. See, here on vision, but it's, vision's nothing special. I get, I get the same message from an AA meeting that I go to. Um, it's very special. We're, I love, love the fact that we're all here. But you know what I mean? This is just the name of this meeting. We had to name it something. And we carry the message from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. That's what got me well. The tools did not get me well. The tools are there to support us while we get well. And I didn't understand that. I read this book like I devoured this book. I made, you know, 30 and 40 phone calls in a day. And then I went behind the grocery store among the seagulls and I binged my brains out. One fast food restaurant to another, binged my brains out. What's, what the heck's the problem? The problem, you know, with me, I'm, I'm working these steps so hard. See, I wasn't getting the right message. And that's why people are dropping off. If people are given the right message, they will get exactly what I've received, which is a new connection with my higher power sufficient to arrest this disease, that I don't struggle in the food anymore, that I, don't, that I have calm and peace and serenity in the midst of calamity and challenge. You know, I'm driving in Chicago. It's dark right now. It's traffic, all that stuff. I'm not freaked out about it, you know, that's the gift that God gave me, it's so much more the relationships that I have today I can be the father that I want to be today I can have relationships with others, this is so much more than putting the food down and losing a few pounds thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous because it it, it truly saved my life with that I'll pass, thanks thank you Larry Kay and who else would like to comment this is Bella Kenesher Okay, and this I is heard Paula. Janice. May I share? Janice. Yeah. Okay, I heard Bella, Janice, Paula. And was there someone else in there that I missed? Vasa. Yeah. Vasa. Wait a minute. <laughs> I heard somebody else. Vasa, and who else? Rabia. Rabia. Okay. Leia. Let's. let's oh, oh, Leia. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bella, Janice, Paula, Vasa, Rabia, and Leia. Bella, you're up. Okay, thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, I love this paragraph. This should suggest a useful program. So for me, the first word, suggest, well, for me, it's so important that it's not a program that forces me. Nobody here is forcing me. It's only a suggestion. And for me, it's so important because all the other things that I try to do, I try to diet, I try to lose weight. So all the time I just said, well, if you want to lose weight, you must do. You must do what I am doing. You must. You must. And for me, the word must, it's terrible. It's, 
It reminds me black and white thinking. And if I am not doing the math, it's terrible. And this is why I was all the time a failure in all the diets, because I must do, and I don't have the willpower to do what I must to do. So here the program is a suggestion, and nobody will tell me, well, Bella, you are not doing what we are, what we are teaching you. You are a bad girl. You are a bad student. There is no punishment here. And what is the suggestion? A useful program. The program is the 12 steps. And, you know, it's a program, it's not a diet. It's a useful, it's a life, it's a life to live. It's not only the diet, it's not a menu. Well, Bella, this will be your breakfast, lunch, and supper, and then you are going to lose weight. It's the tools, it's the 12 steps that gives me how to live. And yeah, I know already that the food is only a symptom. The food is only how my life is going to be. And it's a useful program. Yes, the 12 steps help me to live my life. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Janice M., you're next. Well, good morning, Monica T. and everyone. My name is Janice M., I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, the first sentence says, if we keep on on the way we suggest, what is the way that they suggested in the previous paragraph? Well, that is to be abstinent. That's the first thing. A lot of good will come from that. That's what they're saying. However, but everything changes after that. The surface of the problem, and it was so, you know, um, noted that we have two parts to our problem. So the abstinence takes care of the first part of the problem, which is the allergy. But then it says, um, we have enjoyed, what have they enjoyed? They enjoyed the answer. They enjoyed how to, can you still hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, sorry, I heard a click. How we have recovered, how we, who have a problem with compulsive overeating, them with the alcohol, how can we do, how can we get that which you got? How can we get the answer to our problem? Well, they've already gotten the answer because they have experienced, and through the knowledge with Dr. Silkworth, they have experienced the result, the solution. Well, how did they do it? They wrote a book. Imagine how selfless they were, our pioneers, that they wrote the book and which contained the purpose of the book to carry this message. What was the message? The message was the solution that we, we have had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. That's the book. That's what, the, that's what they're saying when they say this should suggest a useful program for anyone. What's this? It's the book, the message in the book, because the message is that we have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, which produces, which produced in me and in, in, in all of us that are recovered, a personality change that is sufficient to bring about recovery for one day. That's the answer. 
And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And Paula, you're up. Paula, star one. Hi, this is Paula. Paula D., recovered compulsive reader. You know, I want to circle on a couple of lines here as I, as I looked there, and as I, I might be piggybacking a little bit, but that's okay with a friend. Many could recover if they had the opportunity we have enjoyed. And as was explained, that word, to come into this kind of joy and look at this joy right in the middle of it, and there's the enjoyed. But, you know, I want to just take a step back from where I was, dropping into oblivion. Do you see that word oblivion? Have you ever lived it? It's a state of being forgotten. Do you know that state? And we often mention where we live from, live in, what state you live in, the state of being forgotten. That's what this disease takes away from you. And this is what the recovery brings to you. Enjoyed. And then there's a question that's presented here. How how then shall we present that which has been so freely given us? And it says here, and it goes on, and it tells you step by step. Oh, step by step, you say. But I want to go on to this line. We shall bring to the task. That word task, work to be done. Work to be done. Even in the enjoyment, there's work to be done. Our combined, I love this, because somebody used the words inclusive. What do you think you don't need? Oh, it is truly principles above personalities. Here they combined their experience, and then they put their knowledge. What a combination. As we read this book, we see it all come together here. And then it says, and it ends with, and boy, you could keep out here forever. This should suggest, oh, I bet it should, a useful program, something that can be used. Remember the word oblivion? State of being forgotten. And we come here for anyone. For anyone. It doesn't say this one, that one, here, there. For anyone. Concerned. Are you concerned? You know where you were? With a drinking problem. And then we move on. And there's the truth. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Vasa, you're up. Thank you, Monica, for your service. And I'm Vasa O, Recover Compulsive Ovita, calling from Florida. And again, I'm going back to doctors, the doctor's opinion. I didn't understand the allergy of the body. It gave me some understanding when I read the doctor's opinion, but I did understand the obsession of the mind because my mind was always obsessed with the food. When is, how am I going to get it? When I'm going to get it? It was always obsessed with the food, but it is by the grace of God that I'm absent today, and I am relieved of the obsession of the mind, and it's not because of my doing. It's because of God and following the directions in the big book. Uh, I cannot give what I don't, I couldn't give anything what I didn't have, especially with a food addiction. How could I when I'm suffering in it, you know? So for me, it's like almost somebody, it's almost if somebody said to me, well, Vasa, give me, give me one million, or do- million dollars. Well, how can I give it to them if I don't have it? 
My, my sponsor didn't force her down my throat. She gave me suggestions. It's up to you, Vasa. This is up to you. You can come to the meeting. You can leave. Nobody's forcing you to stay here, and, and nobody's going to kick you out. It's your own. It's your. It's your own freedom to do whatever you want to do with it. And that's all I needed to hear, you know. And as a matter of fact, I'm glad those meetings. They were not in churches that I went to because I was. I had a fear of going to church because of bad experiences. It was in a hospital or it was in some kind of a building. It took me a while to get more comfortable to go in the basement of the churches to trust. Uh, So it didn't work my way. I remember just saying to her, just show me the way. I'm ready to do whatever it takes. I don't want to die. I don't want to die in this disease. And for me, it was a slow death. It was progressive disease. I was dying physically, emotionally, and spiritually. When I came to the program, I just came to lose the weight. I didn't understand the the emotional, the spiritual part, you know. And um, I could not give the message until I received the message. And then that's my story. It, that That is my miss, mission today, to help another compulsive eater to extend my hand. Whether they want to take it, it's none of my business. I don't force it. I don't shove it because I know I didn't, I didn't want, I mean, I, for me, I was just ready. I was just so ready to, even they, they, I don't know, even if they forced it, I probably would have said, it's better than dying. But I do much better with suggestions. You know, this is my suggestion. This is my experience. Take it or leave it. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Rabia, you're up. Good morning, televisionaries. This is Rabia M., compulsive overeater. And shout out to Alice and Courage and uh, first time reading the text. Um, we inspire each other um, to keep on the way we are going, and there is little doubt that much good will result. And that's my experience along this journey with all of you since uh, this recent April. And I have such a lovely story to share this morning. I I set my alarm for 5.44 weekdays um, to have quiet time with my inner source before this meeting starts at 7. And and this morning, I woke up at 5.04, and what I heard in my head was, um, okay, if you want me up at this time, it'll give me a little extra quiet time. And I got up and looked out the window, and there was a full moon, and... I was able to spend a half an hour watching it set, and it set at exactly 5:44. And I was, it was blessed awe. You know, I just realized if I waited for my alarm, I would have missed the moon set. Did I say moon or sun? But it was the moon. And um, and so I I woke my husband and I just briefly told him the story, and his response was in the care of, and how beautiful that was. I So I wrote about it this morning, and I am, 
I, I have made a decision to turn my will of my life over to the loving care of of this majestic power of the universe, this beautiful inner source that is guiding me um, in my recovery. And and recently, my experience has been living in 10, 11, and 12, and asking this newfound power every morning to please guide me with my food. And I've been being guided with my food because I haven't been eating my alcoholic foods. However, I've been compulsively overeating abstinent food. And and, and so I called other members for their combined experience. And unbelievable to me, long-time recovered members here still weigh their food. Uh, absurd. I, I really never, I, I'm still flabbergasted, although I, this is my fourth day of weighing my food, and the the spiritual experience I have is so profound because, because I'm starting to experience it as a, a spiritual tool of, of humility and um, gratitude. Uh, and, and what's happened is I have no eating behaviors now. I have no no binge eating behaviors because everything I eat is measured on the plate. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. You know, this program keeps getting simpler and simpler. So, so the the this useful uh, program that these um, the combined experience of members shared with me just brings it more precisely. Now it's more precise for me. The first step is. Is letting putting down my alcoholic foods and and weighing my food, which takes Rabia, away it's time. And I'll pass. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rabia. Leah, you're up. Thank you, Monica. Hi, everybody. Leah M. Recovered compulsive overeater. We shall bring to the task our combined experience and knowledge. You know, before this book came off the press in 39, you know, they were a group, you know, who, uh, you know, had been freed from the bondage of alcoholism. They were a nameless, formless group. Uh, But once they became sure that they were on the right track, they decided, you know, upon a book which could tell other alcoholics, the great news, you know, and it, this, this book that we study every morning um, is, was a product of thousands of hours of discussion, and it truly represents the collective voice, heart, conscience, and experience of those who uh, blaze that trail, and, you know, aren't we lucky to have this text in front of us, you know, every morning and throughout our day, um, because no one's been able to improve on the recovery program described uh, in this book, you know, so this is the way out, you know, essentially the big book is a uh, written 12-step call, you know, and, you know, if you take a look at your text, for instance, the forward to the first edition, you know, the statement to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. They had an aim. They had a goal. They had objective. They had knowledge at a, how to apply these principles and these steps. And they, most importantly, had the experience of being transformed. Page 45 here, uh, its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself 
which will solve your problem. It doesn't say which will help you solve it or which will enable you to solve it. It says which will solve your problem. So if you were, you know, if you're like me who was uh, beaten into uh, a pulp by this illness, uh, and maybe you've been coming to Overeaters Anonymous, you know, for years or even decades, which is quite likely, you have a text in front of you that is designed to bring about an experience that moves you, you know, from page to page and from uh, application to application, you will have an experience that removes that barrier from a power greater than yourself and as a result of engaging in this process, you too can have a spiritual awakening, um, a very dignified individual spiritual awakening. You will be restored to sanity. You will have soundness of mind. You don't have to uh, be held in captivity and bondage by your disease any longer. You can be relieved of the obsession. You can be freed from this beast. And, you know, you can also walk this planet a free person. You have the answer right in front of you. And that is the joy and the beauty and the obligation and the responsibility and, yes, the self-preservation that these men and women came forward with and those of us that are recovered on the line uh, do today as well. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to comment on this before we move on? All right, I'll take that. We're going to move on. And Sylvia, Sylvia F., would you read for us, please? Good morning, visionaries. This is Sylvia F., calling from California, recovered compulsive overeater. Of necessity, there will have to be a discussion of matters medical, psychiatric, social, and religious. We are aware that these matters are, from their very nature, controversial. Nothing would please us so much as to write a book which would contain no basis for contention or argument. We shall do our utmost to achieve that ideal. Most of us sense that real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and a respect for their opinions are attitudes which make us more useful to others. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. This is such an important paragraph um, in this chapter because we, we've all experienced that uh, the medical profession, everyone has an opinion about how we're supposed to get better, especially people who don't have our problems. Um, and so I, just, just the controversy over whether, whether you believe in God or whether, this, whether you can have a spiritual uh, a solution to a physical problem there's so many opinions out here, but the important part to me of this paragraph is that when it talks about real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and a respect for their opinions, so non-judgment, non-judgment, which is very hard for me. I, I get better at it all the time with the help of my higher power and the steps, but uh, this judgment, it makes us more useful to others. And what is the aim as we're as we're getting recovered is to be useful to our fellow man and to help them find the same solution that we have to our problem. And here's the key. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon the constant thought of others 
and how we may help their needs. When I came into the program, I had no idea how I, I never thought of others. I might have acted like I was thinking of others. But the fact was is that I was trying to always get my needs met, whether it was deciding what you should do so that I, I was smarter or I was healthier or I was more physically fit or I knew better. But it was always based on self. And when we, when we get to page 62 and we're talking about how it works, they talk about selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. And so here it's, it's already alluding to the, this, uh, this psychic and spiritual change that we're going to make as a process, as a part of these steps, and how we are going to start serving others. And as we serve others and we carry this message, why are we doing it initially? I'm doing it because I don't want to keep on compulsively, compulsively eating. And we learn through, through, these, uh, through the step work that if I can think about you, if I can think about others, I'm not in my head. I'm not in my crazy addict mind. I'm not acting out on, on my crazy thoughts anymore because I'm outside of myself. And um, Bill certainly talks about that in his story. It is my experience. And, you know, that's another part. When, when I was in what I call regular OA and they would say, they would give me the tools and, and sometimes they'd say, make three calls a day. And I understand now why they were telling me to make three calls a day, but I didn't understand it in a way. When I'm making a call, hopefully I am calling to see what, how I can be of service to someone else. I either have a problem and I'm asking for help so someone else can help me and I'm helping their program. Or I'm doing fine and I get to share my recovery and so I get to serve you. And that's what those phone calls were about. So we don't need now, if, if we're following the dictates of, of, this pro, of the uh, program as outlined in the big book, we don't have to tell someone to make three calls a day because we know that we're reaching out. So this is, this is what uh, a very important sentence. Uh, our lives depend upon our constant thought of others, not of ourselves, how we may help to meet their needs. It is part of my solution of how I stay out of my addict's brown and how I stay out of the food. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sylvia. And would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Sally. Rob. Sally. 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 Oh, thank Rob. You. Rob. I didn't hear your name. Sally, Rob. Sarah W. Sarah. Okay, Sally, Rob, and Sarah. Sally, you're up. Thanks, Monica. Good morning, a vision for you. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. This has really um, just been a wonderful morning because we've been seeing so much talked about the problem, the solution, and even the how-to. Um, so when I look at this paragraph of necessity, there will have to be discussion of matters, medical, psych- psychiatric, social, and religious. And these are all you know, hotbeds of controversy, you know, people's perspectives on, you know, medical, whether we should do things the all natural way or whether we should do things the medical way. Um, the psychiatric is, um, is there any real, some people don't even believe in, in taking any medications. Um, social, religious, these are just hot topics. And so it goes on to say we are aware that these matters, medical, psychiatric, social, and religious, from their very nature are controversial. 
Nothing could please us so much as to write a book which would contain no basis for contention or argument. Again, we've got this bottom line all over the book. It's telling us we cease fighting anything or anyone. But this kind of harps for me at the bottom of XXX where it says, this immediately precipitates us into a seething cauldron of debate. Um, and, and they're talking specifically on XXX about the, the idea that the only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence. But this book precipitates a seething cauldron of debate for us, especially in AA. They've got it so easy. It's just sugar or flour. Uh, for us, it's not just sugar or flour. For them, it's alcohol or beer. They're gonna, they know that they have to give up alcohol and beer, and then that's, that's their abstinence. But for us, we've got these many different programs that we, that we are surrounded by. We are so fractured, and yet we have the beauty of coming together here on a vision for you in a study of the big book. And, and for me, I've come to see it as, okay, I understand the problem. Um, you know, doctor's opinion, page 22 at the bottom, page 92, over and over, we see where it talks about the body and the mind and what's wrong. We got the problem. We understand that the solution is a spiritual solution. And then, of course, even as Sylvia brought up at the bottom of at, at the entire page of 62, we see that the, the how of the problem is getting rid of self. My favorite line on 62, above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must, or it kills us. And the beauty of it is that even here, God makes that possible. God doesn't just want to take away our problem, and God isn't just the solution, but God even is the how-to. That He's not just going to remove the eating obsession, but he's going to teach us how to get rid of self. And that's the beauty of these 12 steps. So when, when, we, when we take a look at this paragraph, we really see the problem, the solution, and the how-to. And, and just let me say in closing that I myself have been very much poo-poo this program, poo-poo them. Um, I had a whole resentment around one of these programs. It took me like a two-day, four-page writing of a resentment to get over one of my resentments for, from a previous OA program that I was part of. And, and then I came back to it recently because I recognized I needed more structure more discipline, um, and, and some of the tools I was just ignoring that I needed in my own life. And so we have such a beautiful opportunity here to provide each other with tolerance, whatever program that you find. I, I just will end by saying I look at it like the 12 steps are, a, are the generator of the hospital. They take us to a, a, a higher power, a relationship with a higher power, anything outside ourselves that's going to bring us healing. And any hospital you go to is it's going to time. give you... Okay, let me just end with this, Monica. Any hospital you go to has many different entrances, many different sets of glass doors to get to the 12 steps. Whatever program it takes for you to get there, and if you don't need one, great too. That's how I see this. It's all about the steps. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Sally. And Rob, you're up. Hey, everybody. Uh, Rob, compulsive overeater from Columbus, Ohio. Rob, why? Um, I really love this paragraph, um, especially most of us sense the real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and a respect for their opinions are attitudes which make us more useful to others. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers spent upon our constant thought of others and how we can help meet their needs. They are not screwing around. Page 20, telling me right there, my very life 
as an ex-problem compulsive overeater is going to depend upon my constant thought of others and how I can help meet their needs. Why? Well, first of all, it gets me out of self, but um, I could be constantly thinking about other people. I really like that, um, that part there at the end, real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and a respect for their opinions or attitudes. On page 27, it tells me that disease lives in my ideas, emotions, and attitudes. And they need a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. They got, I got to be a brand new Rob. I got to be a brand new Rob to recover. A brand new Rob is going to be thinking how I can be most useful to other people. It's not going to be focused on how Tugboat Tim at my home group is saying the same thing that he always says over and over, and it's not solution focused. It's not in the books. He's preaching a meal plan and using the tools. You know, I can't tell you how many meetings I've sat in and just felt overwhelmed because of the watered-down, diluted message of recovery people were getting. People calling themselves in recovery with years of recovery that are still morbidly obese. I can't tell you how many times I want to be able to judge those people. But how am I going to be useful to those people if they sense my judgment in the comments that I make? Now, I'm not saying I have to water down my comments. I can say what I mean, but I can also do it with a sense of love and compassion for those people because they don't know. How do you know what you don't know? They don't know. I've had to make amends before for my comments thinking, you know what, I'm in this meeting, this person's way off base, I'm going to set them straight. And they don't hear that love and compassion, that tolerance in my voice. All they hear is judgment. And I'm thinking, I'm going to save somebody's life and it's okay that I do that. It is okay, don't get me wrong, that I say that, but, but the way that I say it, I think it's really important. Um, yeah, have I have I got something worth sharing? Yes, I do. I have a life that's been saved. Um, but the way that I do that, I want to be at maximum service to God and other people, and I want to be as effective as I can. I don't want to be a bleeding deacon like it talks about in the AA 12 and 12. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rob. And Sarah W., you're up. Good morning, Monica. This is Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Good morning, a vision for you. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm the third reader, and I wasn't going to share, but this is such an important paragraph to me um, where, it's, you know, as Rob was saying, you know, that last part of the paragraph where it talks about um, real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and a respect for their opinions and attitudes our attitudes which make us more useful to others. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. The caffeine. And, um, you, know, you know, on page 27, it, it talks a lot about the inner transformation which happens through working the steps. I mean you know, the emotional rearrangements. You know, the way we used to be is not the way we are today. And it it happens without us even, like, forcing the solution. All we need to do is walk through and take the action of doing the steps. And, you know, as far as, um, you know, I think I think the best uh, barometer of how I'm doing is how I, how I'm doing in my home. Um, I can do the program really well, even in my workplace. But, you know, catch me with my kids and my husband and and ask them how I'm doing. You know, um, something that might, 
you know, bother me that somebody says or how somebody acts, you know, if I just take a pause. And, you know, the program, the steps have taught me that. And I, I just wanted to bring us to page 84 where it talks about love of to- love and tolerance of others as our code. You know, that's an extremely important sentence to me. I mean, this is how I live my life. It's not just like in the room. And I did that for a while. I did that in the room. And then I went out and I, and I created a lot of havoc in my recovery years early on doing things that really were inappropriate. And I'm so grateful today that uh, what I what I know is that, you know, I feel the sunlight of the spirit because I try to live the steps. I had a I had a sponsee text me and ask me to help her with somebody that she's trying to help that they need, you know, phone numbers and all this stuff. And you know, to me at this point, it's kind of tough love. You know, we have to want the program enough to take the actions. You know, nobody can put the life preserver on us. We have to, you know, we're handing the person the life preserver. Do they want it enough to take it or are they throwing it on the ground and saying, hell no, I'm not going to change. I don't want to do it anything, anything different. You know, it, it's, it's like, you know, the actions, you know, it, it's not the meaning makers that make it. It's the step takers that make it, you know, that have the freedom in, in their hearts and in their lives. And I'm so grateful today for that knowledge and to be able to get the message from others, to feel the message, and to be able to hopefully give it to somebody else that that wants it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. And we have time for one quick share here. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Okay. Well, this is Monica T. And I will jump in here for a couple of minutes. Our ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. And this theme here, we see this over and over and over again throughout the, the first 164 pages of the big book, that if I want to keep what I've been given, I must share it with others. I must think of others or I won't stay in a spiritual place. And it's so true, like has been said, you know, when I'm busy thinking about somebody else, praying for somebody else, it gets me out of my head. You know, it, that, it gives me that tolerance. What is tolerance? Open-mindedness. So that if something um, is bothering me about somebody, you know, Monica, they're sick too. How about praying for them? And when I do that, I can't be in both places at the same time. And it just it just is proving to be a wonderful way for Monica to get outside of her house, outside of herself, and be a help to others. And the big book says that if we do this, you know, we'll keep this wonderful recovery that we've been given. And with that, I pass. And with that, we've come to the end of our time here this morning. And I would like to thank everyone who has shared. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Sarah, would you read for us, please, from A Vision for You? This is Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day 
for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, thank you. Thank you, Sarah.